0: Welcome, beautiful humans, to Empowered Sobriety. I am your host, Lindsay Fauna. And I'm your other host, Abigail Gerber. We are both
1: trauma-informed life coaches in hopes of empowering individuals to see beyond their addiction and recovery into compassion, love, acceptance, and freedom. Empowered Sobriety is a podcast for those considering sobriety, are newly sober, or already living a sober life and wanting to up-level their growth in sobriety. Each week, we'll be dropping episodes discussing topics such as childhood traumas, PTSD, sober dating and sober sex, how to enjoy the social scene, and is AA the only path to sobriety, plus so much more. Along with bringing on other sober coaches that have done deep transformational work like we have, we are also hoping to bring on anyone who feels called to be coached on air by us. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome back or if you're a new listener, welcome to Empowered Sobriety podcast. We are Abigail Gerber
0: and Lindsay Fano and we are so happy to have you here with us today. This is yes. this is a juicy one. As you can see, this episode is named Come as You Are. Abby and I were talking a little bit before we pressed Record, and we're going to talk about how we have reflected on listening to ourselves and kind of what, what that means to us. So I'm going to let Abby start, and we'll just get right into it.
1: Yes, yes. So I recorded my side of things a couple of weeks ago. I think it's the first episode is Abby's journey, and I noticed a lot of judgment coming up for myself I snorted at one point and I was like oh Gerber that's judgment I know what that
0: is yes <laughs> and we know all of our own cues so the fact that this is kind of our first introduction to listening to ourselves talk this is a recording and we're listening back so just being able to recognize and, <laughs> right and see ourselves in that yeah yeah
1: Yes, we got together and we're like, what are we going to talk about? And I'm like, oh, I really want to talk about my self-judgment I have for for how I started in this. And the topic we're really speaking to is you have to start somewhere. Where I started was through food. I was diagnosed, which I didn't talk about this in the podcast because I've lived many lives, so I couldn't remember at all. But I was diagnosed with Bipolar depression back mm. in 2008, seven, something like that.
0: Okay.
1: And I uh, was on two different kinds of medication. I think I was on Welbutrin and then Abilify, which one is an antidepressant. And I think one they use like an anti seizure, but it's indicated for bipolar. Okay. And so I never much went into manic, but I would go from like normal to depressed, normal to depressed more than most people do. Right. So I think that's why it was indicated for me. So I was working the restaurants and I let my insurance lapse and I couldn't afford my medication. It was, I think, about 400 bucks a month for me to pay for that on my own. And I that kind of started the journey of I started watching all those food documentaries. Mm-hmm. At the first food documentary I ever watched was Fat Sick and Nearly Dead and it was talk it was this guy Joe, I think he's Australian, Joe Cross I think his name is. And he went on a juice cleanse for 60 days. Oh wow. And just how incredible he felt, it opened this wormhole for me to go down. And I started watching like all the food documentaries. I can't watch them anymore because I watched them all. <laughs> like I can't I can't go there anymore. But I was obsessed. I started Googling natural cures for bipolar depression. Hmm. All that was coming up was diet, exercise. It was really like exercise. I was like, Oh, I don't know about that yet, but <laughs> diet, I can
0: do diet. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. And at the time, my ex-husband had, cause he grew up as a vegetarian and so he taught me how to be a vegetarian. So I started being a vegetarian and then that's when I started going on the, on the cleanses. And when you're going on the cleanses, you don't drink. Right. So it was just before we moved to Maui. And then when I was living on Maui, cause that culture on, on the Hawaiian islands just breeds healthy, glowing, vibrant, fresh foods. It's like the perfect place for you to do the raw food diet. Maybe not Maine, but Maui is a great place for you to do that. I never did the raw food diet. I I couldn't do that. Or the fruit, all fruit diet. Right. But (laughs) that's when I started experimenting with veganism and vegetarianism. And then I was studying Chinese medicine. So I was doing liver cleanses and kidney cleanses. That's where I started. And I heard a couple of weeks ago my judgment, because where I am now, it's not about the food.
0: (laughs) Right. Right.
1: It's not about the food or the exercise. You can exercise all you want, but it may not fix your marriage because you were sexually abused as a child, but you can keep on that treadmill all you want, or you can diet all you want, but it's not going to fix the shame in your body that was caused by childhood trauma. See where I'm, Absolutely. The there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I want to give myself three weeks ago, Abby, <laughs> some compassion and grace because I wasn't seeing how important that Abby was because she made a decision to come out of the system. I could have continued to pay $400. Right. But I was like, I don't have the money. And that decision led to sovereignty because I ended up figuring it out. And really, what it was, was I was staying up until two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning. I was mm-hmm. eating like shit. I was smoking, you know, pack, pack and a half, two packs, probably when I was drinking a day, my right. lights, not exercising, sleeping until noon. Of course, I was depressed. <laughs> Now, I'll let's put the let's put the old caveat in there. I am not saying get off medication. Right. But it was it worked for me and that was the best decision. That was the best decision for me and it was a gamble. It was a gamble. I just have to put that in there. It was a gamble. And yeah, for everyone who gets mad at people who Say get off medication. I'm not saying get off medication.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So a few reflections. First, a celebration for you and the fact that you did seek that out yourself. You sought out information beyond what a doctor was telling you. You sought out information for yourself to heal yourself. And to me, that in itself is empowering because you didn't just stop and say, Okay, well they're telling me that these are my only options. You continue to research and do your own work and say, what else is there that I could do or how can I contribute to my own healing just by yes, searching the web and saying, how do I heal this myself? And then you were getting back nutrition and exercise. And you didn't look at it and say, "Uh, no, that could never work. You gave it a chance because you knew that you would pretty much try anything based on the situation that you were in at the time. And so that's powerful and that's empowering. And that is a means for celebration for that, you know, that intuition and that higher self at that time, you know, leading you in that way. And so- I just really want to celebrate you in that.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I receive that. I receive that celebration.
0: (laughs) And yeah, just some reflections. You spoke to the juice cleanses and the judgment that you heard in your recording from a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to ask you, Mm. what could you say to that Abby.
1: Mm. Oh, yes. The inner child work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where the judgment came up and it came forward based on the juice cleanses or just seeing yourself at that time and knowing where you were emotionally and Mm
1: -hmm.
0: mentally. What could you say to her? What can you offer to her today? from this abbey sitting in front of me or across from me through zoom
1: well you know honestly would it be okay if i offered compassion and love to the abbey three weeks ago who was in judgment
0: absolutely
1: because the abbey in 2000 we'll call it 12 2012 was doing her best absolutely Shoot. This is where she was, mm-hmm. you know, this was the one tangible thing. And, and in yoga, there's these levels, these energetic levels called the koshas and the outermost one is the physical. Mm-hmm. That's the diet. That's the exercise. It's the most tangible thing. That's why we all start with diet because it's the easiest right. to start with. But I'd like to offer <laughs> compassion to the Abby three weeks ago who thought she was super evolved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And high and mighty. And really, she wouldn't be here without the Abby that made that decision to Google one day. Mm. Mm. We all have to start somewhere. I think because I have, and you and I have spoken this off air, I have a lot of judgment on my path. Because I didn't hit rock bottom. I kind of did when a couple years after my dad died. But then I continued to drink and then I just kind of came out of it. There wasn't the classic alcoholic story that everybody in my mind that everybody wants. I sort of went in and out a lot and slowly came out of it and went back in and came out, you know, and it's not perfect. So there's my there's my judgment. There's my perfectionism. There's my rigid personality coming out because it, I didn't go – I didn't take a, a nosedive and then a springboard back up. It was it was a loop and it was messy and weird.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And it's yours.
1: Yes. yes. It's
0: mm-hmm. your journey. Mm-hmm. It's your rock bottom. It is your bottom that mm-hmm. – got you to where you needed to go and to where you are today. And that's okay. And everybody's journey looks different and yours is uniquely yours. And it happened the way that it needed to and was supposed to. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it's all good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's uncovering Because, you know, one of our teachers, Preston Smiles, always says, You can't intervene in a world you can't see. If I'm uncovering this judgment now, like it's been there, it's been there for a few years on my journey because it doesn't quote unquote look a certain way. And that is part of my personal journey is a recovering perfectionist Mm -hmm. because perfection makes me feel safe. So if somebody, Says to me, "Oh, you weren't an alcoholic enough, or you didn't have a bad enough life." You know that that scares me. That judgment. Has anyone
0: ever said that to you?
1: No, <laughs> no, it's all in my head.
0: <laughs> right, right, yeah. So can we can we just honor your journey? Yeah. And can we honor? Please. Yeah. Can we honor your beautiful journey to sobriety?
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I remember how I felt. I'm, I'm thinking of one thing in particular when it was really bad. It was about a year after my dad died, and my drinking was really awful. And I had some roommates that made the loving decision to call a – it's called the Cahoots van, and it's for people who are mentally unstable, and they, like, take them to, like, the – like it's part of the hospital wing, but like the psychiatric ward hmm. where they hold you. It's like it's like a mental patient drunk tank. OK. OK. <laughs> and we were drinking a lot and I pulled a knife and I, st- I was starting to cut my forearm. I was just completely like I barely remember it, like barely. Mm-hmm. And so I was half blacked out and my roommates made the loving decision to call the cahoots van and I got put in a cahoots van. <laughs> and then my ex-husband and one of my really good friends was sitting there all night waiting for me. Wow. And I came out and and it was a really good decision. So I would consider that really because after that they kindly asked us to move out, which <laughs> they said it wasn't <laughs> about That, but okay, sure. That was a lot to handle. (laughs) Yeah. It was a lot to handle. And then we ended up moving to Richmond and that got bad. But I really remember that one decision and remember that one incident. And it was, it was difficult. It was definitely one of the darker nights in my addiction.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Really dark night.
0: Yeah. And to me, I just believe that there's so many interventions in our lives where. Mm -hmm. They're just opportunities for us to make choices, you know, and that was one for you. Whether or not you sprung into sobriety action right after that one incident or not, it was still a divine intervention for you in your path and in your journey to sobriety. Yeah. It was significant enough for you to be able to sit here today and reflect on. Yes. And to look back on your journey and say, this could have gone differently. And it didn't. Mm -hmm. It went the way that it was supposed to and that it needed to. I had the divine intervention and I'm here to tell about it and to share about it and to reflect Mm -hmm. on it. Oh, yeah. You know, and see how far I've come from that place.
1: Yeah. That girl then was in a lot of pain. And had no idea what to do with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I had no idea what to do with that pain after losing my dad. Yeah. I made the decisions, the best decisions I had at the time. That was the information I had at the time. Would I make that decision now? No, but I didn't have the resources. I had nothing. Oh boy. I had no resources back then. Now I'm armed with tools and support. My friends have always been supportive and they're also drinking Mm -hmm. and getting shit faced. Right. Right along with me. Like they care about me. (laughs) But, you know, we're all we were all kind of stuck in the game.
0: Absolutely. You know, something that I was just thinking about is something that we talk about in our program a lot in Elementum. Something that all the master coaches bring forward a lot. Is building the body. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Building our body. I didn't want to just say that and then not explain it for people (laughs) that didn't, would be like, what does that mean? Because it could mean a lot of different things, whether it be in a (laughs) fitness journey or something. For us, it's about working through all of these different modalities that we have been learning throughout this program. And integrating them and embodying them into our own practices with ourselves Mm -hmm. and our coaching businesses and creating the space, freeing up the space within ourselves and building beyond that in order to hold not only for ourselves, but for our clients, for our families and for the people around us Mm -hmm. and being a child and not having any of the background of life coaching and and knowing about traumas and how things affect us, we don't have that body to hold all of that. When you lost a parent and you didn't know where to go or what to do, you were doing exactly what you knew how to do. Yeah, exactly. And that's okay. Exactly. To be here today and you've built this body that you can hold this space. hmm You can reflect on that and look back at her with compassion and love and understanding that she knew what she knew.
1: Yes. Yes. Something that just dropped in that you were saying is... These are things that I was taught. These we can talk. We can start looking at it from the outside. This is society. Society tells you to have a drink or have a toke after a hard day.
0: Holding, 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 (coughs) holding, 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 holding.
1: Yeah. (sighs) Go on vacation. Get the all-inclusive Mexican Cancun. You know, free drinks as soon as you sign up at the hotel lobby, Mm -hmm. even if it's just not alcohol. It's any sort of drug you're taking it right after or any sort of addictive behavior, watching TV, eating a pint of ice cream after a breakup. These are all things that are taught to us. I think our job for people who have done the work and who want to do the work is to start modeling how do you handle rejection, job loss, divorce how do you handle that? Do you handle it with your addictions? We're teaching each other all the time. I don't have children. You don't have children. But we have people that are influenced by us. My friends, my friend group see, you know, witnessed me in my divorce and how I handled my divorce. And I'm, I'm witnessing them and how they handle breakups. You know, so we're all influencing each other and it's not that we have to be this great example in in, in handling events but there is a certain amount of personal responsibility then creates the ripple effect people are we're all watching each other all the time
0: yeah does that make sense oh absolutely we sure are watching each other all the time yeah. and we're learning especially when we're younger we're sponges we're just absorbing and absorbing information and what's being modeled to us You know. One thing that I wanted to note when we were speaking to how society delivers relief systems to us. Back in the day, it used to be nicotine and just your pack oh, yeah. of smokes and being in the bar or being at home or being wherever. And now it's like all the beautiful ads for Smirnoff and all these different, you know, alcohol <laughs> companies and they place them in these beautiful relaxing or party like fun scenarios mm-hmm. for their commercials mm-hmm. to to sell you on it right what a lot of people don't understand including myself was that we are functioning in our fight or flight yes and then we are looking for relief from that yeah and that's when addiction
1: town right there comes in
0: boomtown yeah. And it's whether it be alcohol, sex, porn, nicotine, drugs, food, shopping, whatever it is. It's not just one thing. And there can be multiple addictions going on at one time. Oh, girl. <laughs> I mean, same.
1: (laughs) Let me tell you every
0: time. I'm just, I've been working down the line. Okay. I've just been, I've just been chopping away at all of these addictions, you know, and just something that I've, I've learned in these, you know, especially in this last nine months with Elementum, man, functioning in fight or flight is tiring to say the least. It is exhausting. And to have a sense of relief. is the best, one of the best feelings. Yeah. And we're just not aware that that's what's happening. And that's why I love personal development. That's why I love professional development because it teaches us and it shows us and it invites us.
1: It invites us. It's an invitation.
0: Invitations over and over and over again. And like I said, those divine interventions, man, they're powerful. And now we've built the body and we're in this world where that's what we're scanning for now. That's what we're looking for now, you know, as opposed to the fight or flight mode. Yeah. We're like, oh, what brings us peace? Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Where
0: are the invitations for me to dive deeper, to expand, to explore, to, in, to enjoy, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's a beautiful process. And I think for everyone who, because I, I find myself in a hurry to get through it. Yes. Like the majority. <laughs> right. If I look back on, I think it was it's been two years this month since my husband and I, ex-husband, and I made the decision to separate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Two full years. It has been an unfolding, a beautiful, a beautiful unfolding. I think where a lot of people get trapped in addiction is what I spoke to before: that addiction has to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Addiction the classic example is it does it impair your the definition, like does it impair your your daily life? Mm. I think some of that is a little bit the languaging around that is interesting because yeah, look that up. Because I think where I started listening to podcasts around gray area drinking. What's it say?
0: What's Addiction it say? says the fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance, thing, or activity. Uh, oh. He committed the theft to finance his drug addiction and addiction to gambling. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those are the references. Yeah,
1: I think the gray area drinking, which is, I I see its merits absolutely because there's this: you're either an alcoholic or you're not. There's no in between. <laughs> it's so rigid.
0: Absolutely.
1: And then everyone says, it's always this poor person who ever lived in a box under the bridge, like this poor person, that everyone always like, well, I'm not that guy <laughs> that lives in a box under a bridge.
0: <laughs> so that so means I am definitely not an alcoholic or a drug yeah, addict. Definitely right? not, yeah, definitely not, because I'm yeah. not that
1: guy. Yeah, I have. I, yeah. So. But then there's the the high powered CEO who's had quadruple bypass surgery. Whose spouse is, a, is addicted to pills and the children are failing college or they're getting in racks and they're like, but he's got a mortgage. Yeah. He's got two kids. Yeah. He's got, you know, two dogs. He's got a vacation house in Aspen, but he's not an alcoholic because mm-hmm. he's functioning. And so it's about taking stock of the richness of your life. E- evaluating your relationships, evaluating, are you in a job that fulfills you? You may not be stoked on the kind of job that you're doing, but can you do that job really well? I think that's like the invitation for personal development, why people go into personal development, because something's not working. right? So ask yourself, is this working? And if it's not, th- there's your opportunity for sovereignty and autonomy is to then take con- Control of your life and and that again you know pulling it back to will take you wherever you are in sobriety your journey doesn't matter it's the quality of your life
0: that matters Absolutely. Mm-hmm. i don't want to speak on this necessarily today but mm-hmm. a key word that was just said was functioning mm-hmm. are you a functioning alcoholic are you a functioning drug addict. Are you functioning? And Mm -hmm. I used to use this term and not even question it, not think anything of it. And it's a big one. It's a big question mark for me, I guess I should say.
1: Yeah. 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 It's, uh, for me, I mean, in classic definitions, I, you could totally call me a functioning al- alcoholic. Absolutely. I mean, I don't I don't label myself as an alcoholic because of that black and white thinking. But I have addictions. Mm-hmm. But that's not who I am. I am not an addict. Yeah. That's what I have. I have addictions. Those are symptoms of trauma. Yeah. So, but yeah, fun- absolutely. I went to work 100%. <laughs> you know, yeah. I got married.
0: Mm-hmm. Paid my bills,
1: paid my bills, took vacations, visited grandma.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was lifing.
1: I was lifing. I was hacking. (laughs) I was hacking that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But are you, what is your definition of functioning in society? What is your definition of functioning in your life is the question. That's the invitation is Mm -hmm. if you are sitting on your couch and you're like, I'm functioning. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. How are you functioning?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what is your standard of functioning
1: mm-hmm.
0: in life, in your life? What does mm-hmm. that mean for you? Because yeah. it used to mean something different for me. Mm-hmm. And I reflect on this often. Where are the standards in my life? And what are my standards in the cleanliness of my house? Yeah. What are the standards in the money in my bank account? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What are the standards of the time that I spend by myself and with myself? Those have all elevated and shifted as time has gone on. And to me, that's functioning. Like my own personal functioning. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love that. Thank you.
0: (laughs) This was a good episode.
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: I am very excited to be here with you. I'm very happy to be here with you. And I just am looking forward to diving deeper with you each week. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I think, the, I think the, the path will be made where we need to go each week
0: intuitions the lead
1: yes oh i love that that's so my rigid patterning does not love that <laughs> but but the but the higher self that i'm trying to evolve into loves that yes <laughs> let the receivership widen let just let something drop in like it did two seconds y'all before we pressed record i was like hey i want to speak about this Yeah.
0: So and we let we let it we let it go. We let we let that we let
1: our freak flag fly, baby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Here we are. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much for listening.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are in absolute gratitude for anyone who listens and anyone who can get anything from this, even if it's one person. It helps. Absolutely. All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. Next time. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you all so much for listening to Empowered Sobriety. We are nothing without our community.
1: If you'd like to be coached by us on air or have any questions, email us at empoweredsobrietypodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram at empoweredsobrietypodcast.